I mean, I'm actually I hit the record button now. Yeah, because so. we do that. We have to. We don't. We don't do the 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 highly polished. Everybody, we start like proper professional people. We always start with me in the middle of saying something that I probably shouldn't be allowed to say on recording. Yeah. Um, and then you come in like, hey, everybody. And yeah. it's like, what is this guy saying again this time? Yeah, and but instead we're going to do this. Oh, what? The commentary and interviews of this podcast are for entertainment, Who is this information, lady? and conversation purposes I know, only. Right? I've not met the her. The views and opinions expressed during this episode are those of the individual speakers I, and do not how represent know the views or opinions of any specific church, she doesn't know. denomination, organization, that might not be or third-party affiliate. Could be. Thank you, British lady. <laughs> And and this is where if we have video, people would see you bobbing your head. Oh yeah, like you do every time you every hear time, the song. Every time, I love this. Every song. time, hey, I love this song. <laughs> Don't hate on our theme song. I'm not hating. It's just it's hilarious. I think I think honestly, I'll be honest. From the very beginning, like I've been like man about the song, but I love what it does to you. Know, so that's why I love the song. I love the song. <laughs> I love, I love for what it does to John, not for the song itself. The song, eh, it's okay. But what it does to John makes it amazing. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Welcome to another episode of a podcast about God and other stuff. We're so excited you're joining us today because, yeah, we're here and we are broadcasting live in my mom's kitchen. Wait, no, we're not. Yes. This is recording, and we're going to replay this back as a recording. This isn't being broadcasted live. Okay, it's not live. It's recorded. It's recorded live. <laughs> In front of a studio audience. There is an audience. Hi, Tad. Welcome, Tad. Hello. He just waved. We're, we're boring enough that he has to play games while he listens to us. That's okay. Oh, no. Okay. He's actually typing. My bad. <laughs> I just assumed that a young guy with a phone is playing a game. Me and my prejudices. Yeah, because that's what you do. <laughs> I've watched you. I've been next to you in conferences. Hey, you know me. I get bored easily. So anyways, <laughs> this this episode is going to be a stuff episode, which oh, yeah. apparently you guys like when we do stuff episodes. You do like stuff. Um, and I will Wait, be honest. does that make them hoarders? No, because they don't collect these stuffs. Are you sure? Even okay. We want to hear on our Facebook page. If you guys are downloading all of our stuff episodes because they're weird or kooky and you're collecting them like in a digital format, that's going to make you a hoarder. No, that's a collector. Hoarder. Collector. Hoarder. Connoisseur. Okay, that's just a, that's a that's a fancy word for hoarder. So this episode, um, John just heard what it was going to be right before we started getting all set up and stuff. Yes, and John also completely forgot what it was as we're talking here right now. So I'm gonna, yeah, I don't remember. So so okay, so Pastor John and I, what we're I'm doing is is that um, we have um, we love God a lot. Yes, we love our wives and families a lot. Yes. Um, we love our city, Hopkinsville. We love it a lot. That's Immensely. very much so true. Um, we love a lot of things, I guess it's safe to say. But we've been in a season of late in our lives, both of us, um, for different reasons, but similar reasons, where there's been a lot of like tough things. Not like, you know, tough things to make you say, oh, I give up on loving life and everything involved in life, but just hard stuff. Um, and I had this idea that why not have us do an episode where we talk about how do you deal when... Things get hard when you have a lot of emotional stress or spiritual stress and psychological stress, medical problems. All these things are going on. Um, how, do, how do we deal? How, especially because technically speaking right now, I'll be honest with you, right now, without going into too many details, Pastor John and I, we are in the middle of literally walking through this of how are we going to manage tomorrow with the stuff that are still going to be left on our plate from today and the new stuff we can see being added. Amen. Um, not because we're lacking in joy or depressed or despairing of life or anything like that. I'm being very clear on this one. I am quite happy 
to be honest. Oh, yeah. It may not seem like it yeah. to my wife who worries about me and all my stresses, but I'm very, very happy in my life, and I'm very, very happy with what God's doing in my life. But it doesn't mean that it isn't also areas where I can feel pressure and the sense of almost overwhelming uh, of what's going on. I completely agree with that. I mean, there is one thing I could be a little happier about. I wish I was a little taller. Really? I'm the short guy in my family, and that bothers me. I'm the short guy on my mom's side of the family, but I don't want to be taller. I'm the short guy on both sides of the family. No, wait. Am I taller? No. Oh, on my dad's side of the family, I'm a short guy. So See? I'm taller than my mom's side. Okay. But that's still, I, that, that, that's it. Everything else is great. Like, <laughs> I love my wife. I love my kids. I tolerate my kids, so I like them most days. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I agree with you. It's not a, it, I'm not bitter. I don't have a twisted heart. I don't have an angry heart. I'm not upset in any way about stuff. It's just emotionally heavy. Yeah. It's like, oh, who is that? Is that, it's not David Bowie, though. Who is that song, Under Pressure? Queen. There we go. Thank you. I can't believe I was thinking. Well, it's a similar time period. But yeah, it's like. With David Bowie. Okay. There, that's why I was thinking it, because he is in it. Okay. I'm like, I could have sworn I saw it. I heard a David Bowie part in there. But, but you know, like that song. I mean, like, I think that's a great example of, to a degree, of what's going on in both our lives, um, is that there's a lot. And, and I'm looking at other things, other responsibilities I'm taking on within the city and in my personal life. Mm-hmm. And as a public school teacher, school starting up in the next couple, like there's all these pressures that are going on. I got my oldest biological kid. We've got a couple more years and he's off to college. That's another pressure. Mm-hmm. Like there's just these things. Um, and so I wanted us to just have a conversation about how do we how do we cope? How do we deal? Um, of course, yes, God is a part of that picture and, and, and scripture and prayer. Um, but one thing I, I talked with Pastor John about as we got ready to record this was that something that seems to resonate with a lot of you all who listen to us is that though we're pastors and though we love Jesus and he is very much so the cornerstone and the rock of our lives and the foundation of what we do, something that people love is that we're not hitting you over the head and beating up with the Bible. We're just talking through and walking out our faith in real time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we might mention some scripture and stuff in this, and I don't want to undervalue the necessity of scripture but as much as possible this really is going to be just us as two friends which we are um just talking about how we're how we're dealing so go ahead john what's one of the things that you do to deal um with pressure um i find ways to release um i i learned this when i was working as a manager at walmart Mm -hmm. um um to be honest i if i had a back that could handle walmart i'd still be in the walmart world a back that could handle um, yeah, Walmart. I have, I have a bad back, and I was told that if I didn't stop my job, I'd be paralyzed by 30. All right. I'm 40, 42. I'm 42. How old are you? 42. Because you asked me the other day, and I said the wrong number, and then I said the wrong number a second time, and then you finally said the correct number, I guess. Which was in between both wrong numbers. Yeah. But I was like, because he looked at me like, like, how old am I? He, he literally looked at me and said, come on, how old am I? And I'm like, I don't know. I know, right? <laughs> but yeah, no. So um, I find ways to release. Um I am a, I'm a early millennial. I say early millennial. I'm like the first year you can officially be called a millennial. I think they're renaming it now to Zennial or Zumba or Zumba or we're Zumbites, right? We Zumbas. But, um, so I've always had a computer in my house. I can't remember a time, like my earliest memories. I remember a computer in the corner. Yeah. Whether it was a Commodore 64 or something else, a Colt 120 or whatever we had, yeah. we had we always had a computer. So I've always had a computer, and then I've had I've never been without a computer, like yeah. ever. We had a typewriter in our house that we played with as a toy, but if we had a type, we actually would use the computer. Yeah, right. Um, so I've always been into video games. Like 
I grew up with Mario. I remember when Mario was new. Yeah. And so I've continued that on. Like if I'm really stressed or anxious or have like anxiety, I'll throw on my headphones and I'll just play a game. I'll listen to a book and I'll play a video game. Okay. Um, that's just how I've handled that stress is because I realized that if I don't release it in some way that is healthy for me, mm-hmm. that video games aren't healthy for everybody. My wife plays, yeah. when she plays video games, she gets more anxiety and more stress and more yeah. violent and yeah. more upset because that's just how she rolls. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's just a, a, a detox. It's like, it's probably like you and your herbal teas. You're an herbal well, tea guy, right? Well, I, I used to be more than I am now. I've, I kind of handed that on to Manazi, and he is huge on tea. And it's like ever since he picked it up, I kind of walked away from it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I have, a, I have a follow-up on this because you mentioned playing games and something I've encountered, and there might be some people who are listening to our podcast who their burden is they have husbands who take that too far. Oh, yeah, no. So how do you how do you manage that? that like, I mean, because I've never heard your wife complain that you gain no, too much, no. but I've had a, I have friends who I know. Sure, yeah. Um, that is their story, and so how do you how do you maintain that balance? Um, so for me, that balance is this: I had to because I had an addiction issue mm-hmm. with video games when I first got married. Um, the new game Halo came out. And That's how old he is. That was called the new game. The he new said. game Halo came out, and <laughs> I would literally go to my buddy's house. I was married at the time and he was married and all of us were married and we would do what was called a land party for y'all young, y'all youngins. I remember there was one New Year's Eve, just quick side point where I said, Hey Lord, we're going to hang out with my friends for New Year's Eve party. She's like, great. And it was a land party. She was so unhappy. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Yes. I did that to her. (laughs) Yeah. No, we had, um, I do. I've never smoked a cigar. I don't like the smell, but we had a, uh, a Cuban land party where everybody sat around smoking cigars and playing video games because of that's just like, yeah, somehow my buddy got a whole bunch of Cuban cigars. He's mm-hmm. like, we're, I got this humidor. We're going to go this, do this thing. We're just going to sit around like men and play video games. <laughs> right. But yeah, no, um, I've had to say in my head and I physically have to tell myself this, that, if my kid needs me or my wife needs me, I stop immediately. I don't say just a minute. I don't say anything. I just say I have to stop. Um, Now, if she sees I'm doing something and I'm playing, she'll go, Hey, when you're done with that, can you come help me? And I'll say, yes. Uh, She's cool on that. But in the beginning I would play so much that it would be like, I'd literally have to just, I'd physically say, can you do this for me? And I would have to physically get up and go and do that. And yeah. because if not, I would just sit there for hours. My, I, we we're facing that with my son right now. Uh-huh. My son was playing on a switch or on his Xbox or something. He's playing on something. And I asked him to clean something up. Yeah. I go to the back and I'm doing some work and I come back out. I was like, Cameron, you didn't clean that up. He's yeah. like, Oh, I forgot. He's playing his video games. Yeah. Because that's what happens with video games is you go into another world. It's yeah. like a movie. Okay. For people out there who don't like video games, I can relate. I understand. There's a lot of things I don't like. I'm okay with that. But you need to think about video games, how books were for the 20s um, with Hardy Boys books. and yeah. was it 20s or 30s? I don't know. Hardy Boys books and Nancy Drew and those kind of things. You bought a book and you would be entwined with that for hours. Yeah. And then you'd put it away and then you go back to it for hours. Yeah. Video games are that way. You spend, you can spend hundreds and hundreds of hours in a video game, 
as like a movie. Yeah. So uh, for those parents who say they're violent, some are. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. Um, some are a little too violent. I don't play those. Um, but for the most part, they're just, it's a release. It's like yeah. a Marvel movie or a DC movie or yeah. whatever. Now, I want to jump in on something because you mentioned um, idea about going off into another world. Um, and I will say that that's one of the things that um, I have to be careful of when coping with my own levels of, of stress and just pressure and, and, and concerns in life. Um, because despite what a lot of people think about me, I am an introvert. Sure. Hands down. Um, by and large, being around people, unless they're like family, friends, like hanging out with you guys, it's different because you guys are family. Yeah. Um, if I'm hanging out, with, if I'm spending time with people who aren't family or you're really my, good friends. You're my, my son's black uncle. That's right. And he is my nephew, Cosby. Yeah. <laughs> that's my nickname I gave him. <laughs> um, but, um, but it, not uh, for the reason you're thinking right now. If yes, you caught Cosby, yes, different reason. Yes. Different reason. I promise you a positive reason anyways. And there are positive anyways. So, but, um, but, but so if I'm not if spending time with people who are outside of that circle, um, it's very draining on me. Um, it just, it, it is, uh, I know that I spend a lot of time around other people and many would not assume that about me. Um, my wife is the opposite. She is an extrovert and she likes sure. being around people. Yeah. Um, but so one of the things that's dangerous for me is that for me, recharging and, and dealing and coping involves that escaping. Um, I used to play video games. I don't really much because a lot of the games nowadays require so many hours of play just to be good enough at it to enjoy it. Oh yeah. No, I play, and, I play one game. Yeah. There's one game I, I play. I, I, I don't have the time. And so, I mean, and I like reading and, and writing all those things, but for me, really, it's, it's not hard for me to just escape into my head. You see this with, yeah. with my son, Manazi, like we have very good imaginations. You give me a stick and a corner and I can invent a world in my head with just that. In fact, you just give me a corner without the stick world invented. Um, and so the real, the struggle for me, and this has been the struggle in the past with my wife, that's, that she still bears a lot of really literally emotional and psychological wounds from is that I can become, I can get so good at escaping, um, at going into my own little world that I can fail to come back to reality. Um, and that's kind of where I struggle with my balance is that I will, I will seek to, to be off where I need to be. Um, to, to recharge. Mm -hmm. And, and, yeah. but if I'm not careful, I end up living in that world so long that I lose touch with my family. Um, and that is something that I was, I really did far too much of earlier on. And I'm you talk about early in the marriage, you know, and being addicted to games. Um, in a way you could say that I was addicted to my imagination. Um, and like drink, sleeping, for example, I have to make, be very careful about getting not too much sleep at night. Um, because lifelong, I was what they call a lucid dreamer. I could be conscious in my dreams. And I found that that was fueling my depression. If I have too many good dreams at night, I literally will end up depressed. Um, I need to not have too much good dreams. <laughs> um, that sounds crazy, but it's like I have to more than seven hours of sleep, too many nights in a row. I start getting depressed um, because I, I start to being, become increasingly less happy with the world I live in. And I just want to go back to the world of my own Dream making. World. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of cool. I don't dream that way. Yeah, it's it's a thing. I did uh, neurology. Neurology? One of my professors in medical school, I forget what his, but his specialty was actually dreams. And he was engaged. He had research grants because technically speaking, at least as of then, we still don't have quite clear an idea of 
why we dream. And yeah. I mean, that's a third of your life that you spend asleep. Yeah. Um, and he's like, and so he was doing all these things about looking at it and he knew a lot about lucid dreaming. So we just would, we talked a bunch about just the, the physiology behind it and the science behind it. Um, it's an interesting thing. Um, but so that's one of the things for me is, is that, um, I do enjoy like art stuff like that painting, which I don't make much time for that in writing. Um, like I said, um, but I do think that one of the big things when dealing with stressful situations in life, um, is that you need to do something. This is something I think that, that kind of ties in with both of us and what we do is you need something to kind of reorient your view of the situation. Sure. That as long as you stay in that really weighty, heavy thing you're going through, it will seem like that thing is everything. Yeah. And I, I also being pastors, mm-hmm. um, both of us are pastors and being pastors I also have to unplug myself from the flock, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. What I mean by that is is I have set days where I'm not on Facebook. I don't get on Facebook. I don't look at Facebook. I try very hard not to put to open Facebook because if I do, it, cur- it turns out to be this sense of I'm trying to catch up and see what everybody's up to. Yeah. And that's not healthy because what's happening is I'm spending every hour of my day with people or dealing with people or working with people or communicating with people. But then I'm spending every hour of my night doing the same thing. Yeah. I'm fa- by stalking them. So literally there are, there are nights where I try very hard after eight o'clock at night. I don't open Facebook. Yeah. I'm actually pushing that up very soon to seven because, uh, I realized that at eight o'clock there's sometimes I'm find myself not stopping. So I need yeah. to stop sooner. Um, doing that because what's happening is I'm finding myself so attached to what people are doing because I care about them. Yeah. That's the thing about being a pastor is we joke as pastors often that we really hate people and we don't, we don't hate people. No, we love people. We love people so much that we're willing to, to get hurt for people. Yeah. And what happens is when we're in Facebook is we'll see people that we're like, man, why are you doing that to yourself? And we don't really want to, we don't comment on those things. I'll say a prayer over them. Yeah. I'll do something like that. I'll think about it or I'll discuss with my wife. She's sitting there and says, do you know what's going on with this person? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So that, that pastoral hat doesn't shut off unless I shut it off. Yeah. And that, it, I realized that that's just as bad as someone working 70 to 80 hours a week in an office downtown. Yeah. Because what's happening is not only are you doing that, but you're neglecting your family, you're neglecting your wife, you're neglecting everything you're doing because you're so entwined what's going on in the digital world. We live in a digital world right now. We all have online banks. We have online everything. We pay bills online. Everything is digital now. I'm I'm sinking in my head a remake to Madonna's song. We are living in a a digital digital world. world. It's okay. (laughs) And John is a digital girl. Oh, Yeah. (laughs) It's okay. I was, uh, that's okay. When you were talking about your dreams, I was my my, my head went back to life. Back oh man, we are so definitely dating ourselves now. Um, I'm so I, I like that you went that direction though about pastors needing to shut off because that's kind of why I prefaced it. I talked about you know emotional, psychological, and spiritual pressure. Um, and I realize again that not everybody who listens to our podcast considers themselves to be Christians. That's that's fine. I will say though that I I will venture to say that so far I think that everybody who does listen to our podcast will at least consider themselves the sort of person who acknowledges the existence of the spiritual. Sure. Um, And so I think that saying that, I don't think it's talked about often enough of the amount of damage that is done by ignoring spiritual stress. Um, 
We live in a world now where fortunately we're taking emotional and psychological stress more seriously. And that's great. I think that's great that as a society we're starting to realize that, you know what, people can become emotionally tired and not physically tired and they should have a right to take a day off from from work. But are we doing that in the church world? Well, I'm getting there. Okay. I'm getting there. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm I'm jumping ahead. Yes. There's no show notes, people. We're off the chain. But what I was getting at was that we have not reached the point really as a society of acknowledging the spiritual pressure that so many people endure on a regular basis. Sure. Um, and you're right. We don't really do this at the church level. And that's because I think that the church's responsibility is to carry that narrative forward. So within, within the behavioral health world, the reason why it is that there is now more awareness of the need to give children the chance to take a mental health day is because of people who specialize in psychological health who have been out there on the front lines advocating for the right of people of all ages to put their mental health first. That's why that's there. Just like how the reason why it is we have the warning labels on cigarettes. Why? Because doctors said we need to put physical health important, and so we're going to fight for these things. Spiritual leaders, pastors, churches, if we were doing our job of saying, hey, spiritual health matters, then people would also say, you know what? I can't go to work today. Why not? I need to take a spiritual health day. Oh, okay. Yeah, makes sense. We don't want you coming to work if you're spiritually exhausted. Sure. Because your job requires all of you. Um. And so, I, again, I want to put that because, again, where we are right now, where you and I are going through for different and similar reasons to yeah, agree, we, we, have, we have emotional things going on. It's like, oh, this is kind of heavy. We have physical things going on. Oh, this is kind of heavy. Um, but then there are also the spiritual weighty matters that are going on. That, so that my wife sits there and she's like earlier today, she's, I'm sitting there on the couch because, again, this is how I deal. I have a, I have a couch that's in our, in our bedroom setup sort of thing that, that uh, a former employee of mine gave to me. It was her grandmother's couch. Amazing couch. So comfortable. Um, I'm sitting on the couch and just sitting there. I have not been in his bedroom to know this couch. Oh, just so it's, everyone knows. It's, it's an amazing couch. So I'm sitting on the couch just sitting there. And my wife says, you know, I worry about you, right? Um, and I'm like, you really don't need to worry about me. She's like, well, you worry about me, don't you? I'm like, well, yeah. She's like, that's our job is to worry about each other. And she was saying, that's her way of saying, I see, Kamar, that you're going through some things. And I see that it's heavy. And I want you to know that I see you. I care about you. I don't feel like there's anything I can do to help you. I recognize that you're sitting in your little safe spot, just catching your breath. Because that's sometimes how I'll say it. I'll say, I just need to catch my breath for a second. Um, and then we're going to go off and do more things. Uh, but, but part of that is indeed that, that's, that spiritual awareness that says, you know what? I'm just going to sit here for a second and I'm just going to just sit and just exist. Um, because for me, that sometimes is, is a recharging thing. But again, going back to my question to you is that if I'm not careful... I will sit, and then two hours later, I've sat, and now my family's been neglected. Sure. Um, and so something that I've also done is that I'll set alarms. I'll literally sit there and set an alarm for like 15 minutes. Oh, yeah, no. And, and I'll sit for 15 minutes. When the alarm goes off, all right, I breathe for 15 minutes. It's time to get back at it. Alexa is the best invention in the world. Yes. Alexa, you're amazing. She's not listening to you right now. That's, that's normal for Alexa and me. I don't know why. <laughs> it's all good. But yeah, no, Alexis, that's, I love alarms. I love being able to set a time limit of how long I can do something because that make, that forces me to get back to life. Um, So as, as my quick little, little typing fingers, because I'm a fast typer, apparently everybody says I am. I Googled this. uh, I Googled healthy ways to cope with stress. This is what the CDC has. Okay. CDC.gov. So if you Google healthy ways to cope with stress, see sleep. Uh, take breaks from watching, reading, or listening to news stories. All right. News causes stress. Yeah. Take care of yourself. Eat healthy, exercise, get plenty of sleep, and give yourself a break if you feel stressed out. So back to what yeah. you were saying. Uh, spiritual, emotional break. Take care of your body. 
take deep breaths, stretch, meditate, eat healthy, well-balanced, yeah. exercise, get plenty of sleep. This sounds like all the stuff I tell you guys all the time, doesn't it? I don't get sleep. Avoid excessive alcohol, tobacco, and substance abuse. Yeah. Get vaccinated. What does that help with stress? Because of COVID. That's just... That's I'm just saying, that's why... I'm, I guarantee you, because that would not have been in there five years I ago. Know, it's just um, Because of what's going on now it with says, that. get vaccinated against COVID-19 as soon as possible. Exactly. I because that's funny that's in there. <laughs> because that's a huge stressor right now. Yeah. Uh, make time to unwind. So unwinding. Talk to others. Yeah. Share your issues. Connect with your community or base. This is the cool one I like, that... It, that you wouldn't think would be in there, especially with they save the world. It's we got a lot of chicken littles running around right now. Yeah. Um, connect with your community or faith based organizations. Yeah. So that's so, in the official CDC yeah. says connect. You, you, that surprises you? It based on what if you go by what people are saying? Yes. In it, the chicken littles are taking over yes. the world right now. But see, that's the thing is that and I like that you pull it up because so for all of those all you guys listening. Um, I want you guys to know, because again, I have a background in medicine and all that. I will tell you that within the medical community, it is no secret that faith and faith-based organizations are crucial in the health of human beings. Um, that's not to say that they will take sides on one faith over another, but it doesn't change the fact that human beings are spiritual beings. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is an important part of health is taking care of the spiritual aspect of your life. No, I think that's um, awesome, though, when you think about that, though. Um, I need to make sure I don't pull out from the microphone because it's I keep losing myself. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. I'm a bobber. Yes. I'm, everyone who's listened to this is like episode seven, eight, nine, thirty-seven. I don't know. Yeah. We're playing football yeah. or something. Whatever. I'm sorry I bob so much. I'm gonna have to like attach it to my throat. I think we gotta get you one of those like those gamer headsets. I know, right? And then you can just move around back and forth, just go back and forth. Yeah. I'll just hire my son or somebody to put the microphone in my face every time yeah. I bob. He just. So he'd so smack with that. Oh, sorry. Rabbit trail. But, um, we take so much for granted with our spiritual and and emotional health that Mm -hmm. we, the church has failed and the church has failed because we have let the separation of church estate become something, a wall we've built instead of a wall that is, separating our government from being controlled by the by a single church we've made it where the the church the state has nothing to do with what we do well so like i mean this was this something we talked about as a possible subject to talk on but um i will say this real quick for those of you who don't understand the history of it the separation of church and state was never designed to protect the government from religion no the intention of the founding fathers was always to protect the church from the state yes they wanted to make sure that there would never be a time where the government would come in and tell you what church should or should not look like exactly um that was what the intention was yeah um, and i don't say that to say that the government doesn't need to be wary of of people who want to use their faith to go to the government that's not i'm not saying that in the least but i am just saying that 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 was what it was its, its intention was to keep the church safe from the state no and um, and it was also it was also to keep all churches safe from like what they wanted to do where a single church could not come in and take control of situations yeah. and force another state out they wanted freedom of religion across the board yeah not just for christians or they wanted freedom of religion from across the board but we've taken as the church as being a a wall we've 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 added cement blocks to it says we're not that that's that's a yeah. different that's not a, an issue. Sometimes I think the church needs to look at what the CDC is doing mm-hmm. and the things of saying and psychology and things like that. That um, 
are doing, and we need to say, how can we better do this in our church? You know, it's funny that we talk about, so Pastor John and I, we both agree that books are evil and they ruin your life. Oh, so bad. Because we have the tendency of reading books, and then the books make our heads hurt. Part of the reason why I talk about us being under emotional, psychological, and spiritual strain right now is because we have been engaged in some book studies that we've been doing. And actually, I had mentioned to him a possibly releasing like a podcast episode where we just go over some books we've read in the last seven months um, just to go over them and share them with you all because we both, we've read, I'd say in the last three months, we've each read like a good six books. Uh, um, yeah, longer than, probably each, more than that. But. Each one um, hurting us more than the last. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then you had a podcast on there or two that we yeah. listened to and um, it's just like, wow. So, so this is something that, that we've, yeah, we've done a lot of that. But um, where was I going with that? Something about a book. Books are evil. Books are evil, yes. But what was I going with books being evil? They make you think. They make you think. But they why? help you how to be better at church. Better at church. I forgot where I was going. Oh, okay. well. Wherever it was, it probably was a good idea, but maybe I forgot it. But um, here's here's where I'm going to go great instead. great idea. Here's where I'm going to go instead. So I'm going to go back to another idea I had. Um, when he's waving something at us, what is he waving at us? Could we talk about... Yeah, it's, it's for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So when I am, when I am starting to reach my limit, I have had to learn to recognize that I'm starting to reach my limit. Yeah. Um, and that is one of the things that makes stress and strain so hard is that sometimes we are blind to the, to our body talk to us. So we had this recent thing with my son. I love my son. He's my son very much. So, um, but Manazi sometimes struggles with personal hygiene. I love you, son. I'm sorry if this affects your dating life. Fortunately for us, you don't date yet. All, all <laughs> sons are that way. I'm going to call um, it out. At yeah. some point in their lives, all sons are that way. But so I've been getting on him about, under, about listening to your body, you know, so like his ear was hurting and ended up being that I, fortunately for him, his dad's a doctor, and I have definitely seen dirtier, scarier, crazier looking ears. I mean, there was the one time I found a dead baby cockroach in a guy's ear. Awesome story. Yeah. So it wasn't that bad. I didn't need to hear that. Yeah. So it wasn't that bad. It could be worse. Gross. And actually, as I was cleaning out, my wife was saying, could be worse. Could be a dead cockroach in his ear. I'm like, you're right, Laura. You're right. Could be worse. So, but I was talking, I was giving this lecture about, you know, we need to listen to our bodies and respond accordingly. Um, and so something for me, I, and, and, and I apologize now to my wife that I'm going to say this in the podcast world, um, but it's just the reality of it because I was thinking about sharing it. So Something that I've noticed in me and being able to diagnose, for lack of a better word, when I am under a lot of stress and getting close to my limit is I've recognized that I become a little bit more, for lack of a better way of putting it, um, yeah, there's no, better, there's no polite way to put this. I guess just, just enjoy the conversation. We'll enjoy the, the people we have on this podcast with it. I become more sexually needy. Okay. And what I mean by that is that I'll be like, it's been X number of, of days or whatever, and it affects me more. Sure. And that might sound like that's crass and strange and weird, but that is something that it took years within our marriage to realize that this is a sign to Kamar of something else that's going on. This isn't yeah. a matter of Laura failing or not failing or anything yeah, like that. Sure. This is a, me recognizing my body as saying, I am craving something that will make me feel better about how life is going right sure. now. Sure, yeah. Um, I think that's, that's a, actually natural, probably. Well, it might be for men, but I don't know. Yeah. But for me, it took me time to start to recognize yeah, that. Just like how I could say, you know, sleeping too much and, and noticing depression. Um, people need to learn their tales. Like, pretend like life is, you're playing poker against the world, 
And if you don't know your tells, you're going to lose every time. Yep. When it comes to emotional, psychological, spiritual stress and pressure, we all have these tells that tell us, hey, something's going on wrong. So like within spiritual world, I might notice what's going on with my prayer life or my, my scripture reading life and my how worship is feeling and know something's going on with spiritually. Like I said, with 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 emotionally and psychologically, I'll notice things change within my libido quite literally. It's sure. Like, OK, this is something different or my eating habits. Um, you, John, do you have have you experienced that? Have you noticed tells within your life? That is a way of, of recognizing that you're getting more strained than you realized. Yes, I do. All right. Uh, I get more jerky. Ah. I turn into a, a bigger jerk. <laughs> I snap a lot more. Um, and I also, uh, my ADD kicks into overdrive. All right. Uh, like, uh, especially like if I, if it's spiritual based, mm -hmm. my ADD will like start trying to pull me to places I doesn't need to go. Just be my brain goes, okay, yeah. this will this will be a quick fix where it will be Yeah. You'll be fine, right? But my so those are those moments I really have to fight it. Those are my my tells. Um, but I I I have a sharp tongue. I've always had a sharp tongue. I can I've always been able to talk well. And when I don't have my filters in place or I'm feeling over anxiety over anxiety or anything like that, my tongue it's real sharp and it's always pointed at typically it's pointed at my wife sadly but it always always gets too harsh yeah. and those are the t one of the tales i see is because it becomes almost abusive verbally yeah um and i'm not trying to hurt her i'm not no. doing anything like that it's just it's literally my tongue just doesn't shut up yeah it's the best way to do it and then i realized like okay something's going on a little deeper i need to figure out how to fix this or i'm gonna Probably be stabbed to death in my sleep. <laughs> no, no, bludgeoned with a brick. No, no, yeah. no. The the bricks are the nice thing she says when she oh. says God's talking to me. Oh, okay. Stabbed is when she's angry. Oh, okay, all right, all right. You'll be hit with a with a with a brick with knives glued to it. Oh, <laughs> knives out. There we go. There's a new T-shirt. It'll just be a T-shirt. It'll be a, like a, a picture of a brick with a bunch of knives duct taped to it. <laughs> and and it could just say love crystal. <laughs> um, so the reason why I went that way though, I want to share with everybody else who's listening is that that is for me, that was a turning point within my personal life and my marriage. Um, and I'll encourage all of you guys out there who are listening. Um, I promise you, you get overly stressed too. Everybody does. Everybody does. Um, and maybe you're lucky enough to have people in your lives like John and I have who will talk to us and tell us, Hey, I think you're tired. You should take a break. Hey, yeah. I think you're doing too much. Maybe, but for a lot of us, unfortunately, in this world we live in, especially because it is a digital age and a lot of people are living rather isolated lives, mm -hmm. you might not have somebody like that. And I would encourage you, one, you need that. People sure. are social creatures. Even an introvert like me needs friends and people outside of my wife and my kids. Um, but two, I'd also say that in addition to that, start learning your own tells. Start learning to listen to your body and when it's telling you that you're doing too much in any one direction before you break. No, I think it's a good plan. That's good. Yeah. All right. Where else are we going? Where else are you taking us? Well, so see, so we've talked about the, the psychological and the spiritual a little bit. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the, about the, the physical parts, too, um, because that is something that, again, you've been you've been going to doctors and all this stuff yeah. and dealing mm -hmm. with stuff. And, and I recently, I was about a couple years back when I got diagnosed with high blood pressure, which surprised me um, because I'm you're a black man. So it doesn't surprise me completely, but I mean, at the time I was what I was late thirties. Yeah. Um, I am not, I, I struggle to not be underweight. So that's not an issue. 
Um, I do eat relatively healthy. Not as sure. healthy as when I lived in California still, but I still eat probably as many vegetables in a week as half of Kentucky combined. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. But <laughs> at least Hopkins are like that. Um, but like I, I, I'm a, I'm a relatively healthy individual. Sure, you are. Um, yes, I used to smoke when I was younger, but I have not had a cigarette in I don't know ten years, something like that. I have no idea how long it's been now. Um, probably less now. I'm not sure. You um, sinner. But, but so like my thing is that like that that surprised me a little bit. Um, and and I have been intentional. I make sure that I, I take my medication, all that stuff. And I again, I try to do the things I should do to watch after and govern my body. But but physical well-being is another one of those things that a lot of people neglect mm-hmm. um, of recognizing when your body is saying to you, you need to stop. And so the first time I realized this was not when I had got diagnosed with high blood pressure. Um, it was I was we were waiting in line at Disney California Venture for Tower of Terror. OK. Um, Manazi was I don't know. I don't know how old he was, but we only had the two kids, I think, at the time. I think it was just Manazi and Naraya. Um, but Manazi, his shoe was untied, and he needed help tying his shoe. And I bent down, like, you know, dropped down to one knee, tied his shoe. I stood up, and something went not right with my knee. Oh, really? And the knee didn't go right for, like, a year. And I was like, what? What is this? And then a little bit after that, I was doing some work cleaning our garage, and my back got messed up. And then I started, then I had to walk with a cane for like a couple of months. Like I still keep a cane in the back of every one of my cars just in case my back messes up again. <laughs> okay. Like, and then I had a series where I had really bad headaches for about five years every day. Kid you not. Like, no, I understand. I mean, so like I've had these series of, of physical things that have happened and I've had like, and, and I will say though that at the end of the day, especially when I think about that time period of my life with the knee and the back and the headaches, that was back when I was working three and a half to four jobs on a regular basis. Money was never enough. Like, like we we neglect our physical bodies and the physical strain put ourselves under, and a lot of it does deal with emotional and psychological and spiritual. And yes, I am saying emotional and psychological separately because to me they are separate. Yeah, I, um, I, I can have a psychological problem, but even be emotionally fine, and vice versa. Um, but then there still is the physical component of you know how well you eat, how like I am horrible at getting exercise. I do not exercise. Sure. Um, I'm keeping that in my back pocket for when I get really old. No, I'm joking. It's just I just I am bad at it. I know He's that I need to be better the at exercise it. for later. I, like I know I need to be better at it. But but yeah. these are one of those things. Um, what is what is your take on that? Because you believe it or not, everybody like I may be the one who looks more athletic between the two of us. But John's the sports guy. Yeah, I've done a lot of athletics. I'm not the sports guy. Um, I have realized that. I've had to, as I've gotten older, I've had to stop doing things I love. Like, I love basketball, but I can't play anymore. Um, It's because of my size. It's because of my height and putting too much pressure on my knees. It was just, it was just bad. And yet you want to be taller. And yes, I want to be taller. (laughs) I want to dunk, Mar. Never been able to dunk. Dunk is not about height. It's about hops. Yes. White guy. I want to dunk. White (laughs) guys only dunk if we're taller. You seen his six four? I was just re- remembering was, Wesley Snipes in his biker shorts and backwards turned hat from White Men Can't Jump. Yeah, <laughs> such a good movie. <laughs> uh, but no, um, for me though, it's not. I struggle with this, and I struggle with this immensely from um, emotional pressure. Mm-hmm. I'll have anxiety and panic attacks, mm-hmm. um, and I'll have them where I literally have to it's like I'll shut my eyes and like I love my wife and she's very vocal. Your wife's very vocal yeah. and they'll say things to us and I'll literally shut like we'll be talking and she'll put just say something and she's not trying to cause me emotional stress or anything. Yeah. But literally I'll shut my eyes and it's like 
I'm in a sea. I'm like, it's like I'm in the Atlantic Ocean uh-huh. by myself in the middle. And it's all black. And it's just, I'm not floating. I'm just dying. Yeah. And I, it's just, um, so that's what I face. Health-wise, I have seen issues with my health change. Um, ironically, if you look at me, I'm overweight. You're not. You're yeah. underweight. Um, so together we make a real person. Yeah. We're yeah. a real boy. We're a real boy. <laughs> um, I've never had high blood pressure. Yeah. I am uh, pre-diabetic. Okay. Kind of. I need to I get my test results again for this next week to see what they say about that. But you might have finally passed that test and become a full diabetic. I may have. <laughs> Look at me, Ma. I grew up. <laughs> but yeah, no, I am um, pre-diabetic, but that's really all that's wrong. Well, yeah. besides my paralyzed diaphragm. That's yeah, a whole different that. story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't make people angry in martial arts who kick hard. They kick you. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, for me, it's it's a sense of that. That is a, the 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 panic attacks, the anxiety attacks. They just hit me, um, yeah. like the stuff we've been dealing with the last few days. I had one last night, yeah, because um, it was just so much, and I literally have to just breathe and calm down and get myself straight. And that's why it's um, I've been turning to a lot of scripture. Like, uh, <laughs> no joke. This morning I woke up, and I was like. God, this is too much on me right now. I can't handle this. I can't do this. And I pull out my phone and I just, I was like, my phone I was like, <sighs> first thing I thought was like, okay, just quick release, just some porn. Yeah. Cause that, it, like, yeah. Th- back to my old days, yeah. that was a quick release. It's like, no, I'm not going to do that. So I put on Audible and I just grabbed a, I, I didn't even find a book. It was <laughs> like, I just grabbed a digital Bible we have and I clicked on it and it starts going over the thing. I was like, thank you, God. Yeah. Cause it, the chapter had a, everything to do with the situation I'm going through, I've been going through the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, and it, it was just, it, it was so quenching. Like God yeah. saw my need and he just gave me that. And yeah. well, does that happen every time with everybody? No, it no. doesn't. But um, it, it was just that moment. Yeah. But for me, I have to really focus my brain and say, it's not about you. Mm-hmm. You're not dying right now. Yeah. But you could if you don't focus on God. Yeah. Because what's happened in the past is like um, several years ago, Crystal's dad had a stroke um, and she came to live here. Um, she was living with my mom at the time for about a month, month and a half when I was in Ohio. Um, I don't do well alone. Yeah. I don't do well alone. Um, I'm not an extrovert. I'm more of an introvert. But I want my wife by yeah. me. I yeah. don't want to be away from my wife for more than like a couple of days. And I start getting antsy like yeah. two weeks in another country thinking about two weeks in another country without her. I'm just like yeah. my eyes twitching. Right. <laughs> That's just how I am. I like, I love being with my wife Yeah, and uh, kids. I like being with them too, but still I, as long as I've yeah. got a wife, we'll survive. Yeah. But, um, so I got in a really dark place, really, really dark place. Um, and she ended up leaving her dad and my mom and everybody. Cause she realized that if I don't go home to Ohio, I may lose my husband yeah. and she may have, cause yeah. I was in a deep depression for, she was here a month and a half and I was in a deep depression for almost eight months because of that. Yeah. Cause it was just, 
I would go to work, work in a cubicle, on the phone, talking to angry people, yelled at all day long. Yeah. I'd go home, it was me and a dog. Okay. Go to bed, all over again, month and a half. Yeah. Weekends, same. Weekends, I would just sit and watch TV. Yeah. And that's, but that was for me, that's, like, that's where the anxiety started. It starts there. And I've realized that if I don't focus on God and focus on not necessarily always reading scripture, I try to, but sometimes it's hard for me to read. Yeah. And then I get frustrated with myself where it's like, ah, I can't even read. So yeah. I stop. Um, I just prayer and talk and just, um, I don't like, I, I don't have a great prayer life, but I have a communication life. I like to talk to God. I like yeah. to just say, and it's, it's not like verbal. It's just like in my mind, I'm just like, all right, God, let's just, let's let hash this out. If he's God, he can hear what's in my head. Yeah. So I don't have to verbally say everything out loud. If I said everything that was in my head all the time, people would think I'm a nutcase. Yeah. Like, oh, look, why is the ceiling fan going that direction? Well, I would just say that I, I, <laughs> I would counter that and say that that is a great prayer life. If you're constantly talking out with God, sure, yeah, that is a great prayer life. Um, and also to, to clarify for anybody who doesn't know the story of Pastor John when he's talking about how he can't read sometimes, um, among the many other things like the paralyzed diaphragm, he also does, um, he is he's a wonderful example of somebody who overcomes dyslexia sure. to still love books. Um, and so we, we, we get that, that sometimes you have to be an inventive on how to, oh, yeah. to find the results. I'll say, as you were talking about your darkness with the, with the anxiety and the panic attacks and even the depression, um, I, my depression thing, I, I'm better at it now, but I found um, that I still struggle rather unpredictably at times with suicidal thoughts. Sure. Um, and it, would, and it would be really bad when I was still working in, in foster care and I used to have this part where we would have to drive back roads, put out signs to try and advertise for more foster parents. We'd have to do it like in the snow late at night. Um, and I found myself struggling where I'd be driving down back roads and having to fight just the desire to just crash the car, be done with it. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm in the same place. I've and, and it's, it's a, it's a thing, um, that is difficult and for, so for me, um, Scripture is great and all uh, it is, but one of the bigger things that helps me is actually music. Um, and so I have different artists, like I've shared with you some musicians that yeah, I like yeah. over the years because like I mean, that's some great music out there. Um, but I'll put on an artist or so that, that really speaks to my heart and my soul. Um, sometimes it's music that I listened to when I was younger. Sometimes it's newer stuff. Um, but that's something that really just helps me to combat the thoughts. Um, because sometimes the biggest issue I face is really the things going on inside my head. Um, and I, and so I have this weird, you know, conundrum because I'm an introvert. And if I spend too much side out, time outside in the, in the real world with everybody else, I get drained. I need to spend some time alone. But at the same time, being alone puts me at risk of thinking thoughts that will end up causing me to be suicidal. And so this, this constant balancing act of some time inside, but time outside, some time by myself, but some time around. Like yeah, it's, sure. it's, it is this balance. And that's kind of why I wanted to have this conversation with you because right now you and I were in the, we're in the thick of it as it were. And it doesn't, I don't say that to say that, and tomorrow's going to be better. Nope. No. We're, in the, we're in the thick of it for a, a, a while longer. It's a season and, of thickness. And we're not going to talk about this in every episode. You guys aren't going to hear about this necessarily anymore to that degree. And I'm not saying this for you guys to be like, oh, we need to worry about Pastor John and Pastor Kamar. These oh, yeah. poor guys, they're killing themselves in the podcast. That's not it no, in, at all. No. Uh, this but is in, our release. Yeah. But also, too, in looking, we have a we have a list of like 21 topics to talk yeah. about. Okay. And in looking over that list and saying, okay, uh, John, we need to sit down, we need to record some more episodes, get everything going to, to finish out uh, what we're doing for this particular season. Um, I just really felt, though, that where we're at right now would be really good to talk about something that's not on our list. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, because people need to know, not just that pastors go through these things, too, 
but also what do you what do you do with it? Sure. Because we're living in a world with so many people like this is everybody's everyday experience to a large degree. I'm a public high school teacher. I tell you that by the end of September, almost every teacher who teaches at my high school, this will be their feelings. Um, it is tough and it is weighty and it bears on you. Um, and, and that's not just true for teachers. That's true for everybody across the board. I don't care if you're a truck driver or a stay at home mom or retired, you know, paramedic, like everybody, this is everybody. Um, and it's a universal human condition. So for us to sit here and spend some time being human beings and talking about it, I think that that's one of the things that have, for whatever reason, endeared people to our podcast. No, I think that's, I think that's where our listeners are coming from. They are really feeling a sense of who we are, what we want, what we're trying to do, and that we're not trying to be anybody specific we're not trying to be their pastor we're not we're, yeah. we're trying to have them realize that they are loved by god they're loved by people and that even as pastors there's not a pedestal we're on there's nothing we can go through it is literally us telling them we go through the same thing they go through and this is how we deal with it yeah because i think that's so, that so much the case yeah. and, and a lot of times we're gonna have people on the show yeah we have one coming up very soon hopefully where they're gonna talk to us about how we can deal better with things yeah and that's gonna be great so we're talking about music. It's uh-huh. been a music episode. Okay. We had a lot of music. Yeah, we did mention them a little so, bit more than usual. I'm going to quote a pastor today I heard earlier okay. today because we're recording on a Sunday. Um, this was Pastor Landon Meadow from um, Vineyard Clarksville, which, Pastor Meadow, I enjoyed your service. It was a great time. Had, my wife and I had a great time uh, visiting today. Um, and I'm calling his shout out because I'm quoting him. right? Uh-huh. And he was talking about why churches drive songs into the ground. Uh-huh. Right. And he says this because in the vineyard church model is their songs are based around their theology. Okay. If you listen to vineyard music and you listen to it deep, you read the words. A lot of their songs are based on their, their biblical theology. They believe is the vineyard, um, which I love that idea. And that's what you yeah. were talking about. That's what brought this up is because yeah. a lot of music you send me are very theologically based music. It's yeah. most of it's hip hop, things like that, but it's all, that's just because you won't like the punk rock stuff I'll send you so much. I like punk rock. Oh, well, I'm going to start sending you a bunch of that. That's fine. That. Okay. Yeah, I like all music. Oh, it's coming. But yeah, <laughs> but that's the thing is like, it's it's what you're pouring into yourself, that yeah. kind of thing, right? So he said this. He says, when the church, or when we we drive a song into the ground that has good theology, that has the right theology, then maybe you'll remember it when you're in the dark hole. That's good. Yeah. And I was like, that's, that is great. Yeah. I love that. Cause we always talk about how we're just digging this hole and the same song over and over again. But that's what I, he was like. And I was like, that's, that's so good. Cause yeah. what's happening by, by that theology message and digging that hole and basing your finding what you believe in this music. And I'm not, I'm not saying go listen to, uh, this is how I find my battles, which is the only lyrics to most songs that, that is heard all the time. <laughs> right. I'm not saying go listen to that a hundred thousand. I, I make yeah. it plagiarized. Actually, we may get a copyright strike cause I use the word fight my battles. Cause that's the only words in the whole song. Yeah. Right. But that's the thing is like, what I'm saying is when the, the, the scripture is in the song, when yeah. the, the, when Jesus is throughout the song of what takes place and what is happening. And you dig that so far into you that when you wake up, that's the song that gets in your stuck in your head. Yeah. Like that is, that's where we want people to be is that's when they have those dark moments. They're in those holes that they can pull out that scripture. Yeah. I think that is such a powerful statement. And yeah. that reminded me of what you were saying. Well, and that's and that's kind of the going to be the secret to success in this. And I will I will tell um, whoever's listening. Um, first of all, if you are in a, a in a dark spot right now in your life, 
and you don't have anybody to turn to and you're listening to this, send us a message. Oh, yeah, sure. Pastor John and I, we will do whatever we can to make sure that you know you're not alone. Yeah, and um, also if you're not, if you're far away from us, because we have a lot of followers in California and Ohio and Michigan, if you are far away from us and we can't meet with you in person, we will definitely find somebody to yeah. speak with you. Yeah, you won't, you won't have to, you don't have to feel alone. Um, but um, that actually also, um, saying that too, it's, it is about building a foundation that you can count on even when you can't consciously go to it. And music is a great source of that. Like we talk about reading. Yeah. Um, so, so reading scripture um, is a great source of that. Having relationships and community. Um, journaling is another one. I will say this. I want to share this uh, real quick before we, we close out. Cause I know we're getting closer to time. Yeah. Um, we were teaching a Bible study uh, last week and there was a young lady in the class and I happened to see, cause she had her prayer journal. She wrote something really big um, in it. And I saw, and I, and it, she wrote really big. She it said, it said, God sees me. And I just leaned in and I told her, I say, yes, he does. Um, and I'm like, sorry, but it just, it was so big. I just felt like I had to say something about that. Um, and I bring it up just to say that, that that is sometimes the most important thing that you can hear when you're going through these tough times. Um, and I will now put on my pastor hat for half a second because um, Pastor John already put on his and mentioned a sermon in scripture. Yes. Uh, so I'll put on my pastor hat for half a second and I will say and that. And I use the word theology. Yes. If nothing else. If you hear nothing else from us today, if you got nothing else from this podcast, this episode, I want you to know that no matter who you are, where you are, when you are, what you are, God does see you. Amen. And he does love you and care about you. Um, that, to me, is the beginning of how to deal with all of these stresses in life, is that you really, really, really need to know that. And oftentimes, I will say from my own personal experience, my wife actually will say this too, oftentimes I do not believe that. Sure. Oftentimes I do not feel that, but sometimes the fact that I know it, even when I don't feel it or believe it, I can begin to say it. And before long, I might start to believe it and then eventually start to feel it. Um, but don't feel bad if you don't believe it. Don't feel bad if you don't feel it. I just want you to know it. I think that's great. And in fact, Pastor Kamar, I really think the t-shirt for this week is going to be God Sees Me. I think that's the best thing we can say about this podcast is you are loved, you are cherished, and God sees you. Yes. So that is awesome. So thank you guys so much yeah. for joining with us. We are blessed to be able to bring you this each week. Yeah. So make sure you connect with us on Facebook. Just search for a podcast about God and other stuff. Or if you have already found us, make sure you like us and share this because we want to get this out to as many people as we can because we truly love people and we love doing things with people. So. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for being here with us. Yeah. As for anything else? No, just love you guys. Love you. See you guys.